Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. As we've noted in many prior episodes, human sexuality is complicated. It engages all aspects of our humanity, our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual essence. Every individual blends these dimensions in a different and unique way. In this episode, we'll explore one of the many areas in which people differ, our sensual and sexual preferences. This will give us a better understanding of why sex is such fertile ground for play and for learning about ourselves and our partners. This episode is meant to provide needed background and motivation for a Two Open Doors interview that's planned for the near future. In that interview, we'll get some expert perspective on some interesting and often controversial areas of human sexual experience. The interview will take us outside the realm of mainstream or vanilla sexuality to expose us to some sexual practices and preferences that are normal and fairly widespread, though not statistically commonplace. Our goal in that interview will be not only to learn about the breadth of sexual practices, but also to reinforce our core belief in the sanctity of personal freedom to explore any sexual experiences that are consensual and individually satisfying. That's based on the central pillar of sexology, which is that pleasure is a human birthright. When people think of sex, they often envision a variety of physical acts. Their focus is on the physical pleasure that usually accompanies consensual sexual acts. As we know, though, there's a lot more to sex than just that. We'll get back to that observation in a bit. In the meantime, though, even the physical side of sexuality is far-ranging. Let's distinguish between sensuality, which is the experience of sensory pleasures, and sexuality, which refers to acts and experiences that are motivated by sexual arousal. That term, in turn, refers to the physical excitement and desire or lust for sexual union with a person. Note that sex can mean more than purely reproduction-based acts. It can also refer to any acts that provide physical pleasure in the course of building sexual desire, such as oral sex, caressing of breasts or other sexualized organs, or even touch on parts of the body that are not usually considered sexual, if such touch builds arousal. In the realm of sensuality, some people tend to prefer firm, strong touch and deep pressure, while others like light, feathery touch. The same person can prefer one or the other at different times and in different circumstances. Some people enjoy playful tickling, while others strongly dislike that. If the intent of a touch is to establish connection between two people, slow, light touch is known to accomplish that most effectively. There's a class of human skin touch receptors, or cutaneous mechanoreceptors, called C-tactile afferents, that respond strongly and exclusively to that kind of touch. Those are thought to provide rewarding responses specifically to caress-like social touch. Turning to sexual actions, there is an even broader range of possibilities as a basis for individual preferences. The sexual organs include not only the genitals, but also the buttocks and anus, perineum, breasts, and urethra. People vary widely in which of these they enjoy including in their sexual play. The forms that sexual play can take are limited only by people's imagination. Shared physical pleasure can become even richer and more satisfying if it's accompanied by a mental and emotional connection between the partners. In particular, mutual feelings of safety, respect, and appreciation allow the partners to truly relax into each other and open themselves to share pleasure with one another. 
Without that emotional tone, the partners are likely to be at least somewhat guarded and distracted by a background need to keep their guard up. The resulting background tension can prevent the partners from being fully present with and attentive to one another. As we've discussed in prior episodes, presence and attentiveness are essential ingredients in any intimate connection. Beyond emotional connection, there are strong mental aspects to a sexual connection as well. One's beliefs and expectations can either contribute to or work against having a relaxed emotional connection with a partner. For example, negative, religiously rooted attitudes about sex can make it difficult or impossible to enjoy a sexual experience. Also, one's feelings and beliefs about personal power, how much one has, or how one exercises it, can also strongly affect sexual interaction with a partner. As we'll see, that reality underlies many of the interpersonal dynamics that play out in the practice of BDSM. Much more about that in a future episode. Every society has norms and mores regarding the expression of sexuality. Recall that norms are expectations or standards regarding social behavior, while mores are social norms that reflect what is deemed morally acceptable within a society. Mores evolved throughout the history of a culture driven by the beliefs and actions of influential organizations, such as churches and government. As such, mores are a very human product. They reflect human foibles rather than immutable and uncontestable truths. What this means is that society can weigh heavily on sexuality as expressed by individuals. Some personal sexual preferences may be better aligned with prevailing mores and norms than are others. As such, some personal preferences may encounter more societal recognition and approval than will others. That reality in turn suggests that some people's sexual choices and orientation may cause them more social conflict than others experience. Note that I distinguish between things that are personal choices, such as how public to be about one's beliefs and preferences, versus one's orientation, which reflects one's innate nature rather than one's choices. One doesn't choose one's nature, though we choose how to express that nature. That suggests that, in fairness, a society shouldn't hold a person responsible for their nature, though of course that frequently happens. Negative attitudes regarding sexual orientation, such as disapproval of gay, lesbian, or transsexual people, are an example of such indefensible social judgment. Society can attach stigma to certain sexual choices. Stigma is the association of disgrace or shame with a person's choices or actions. Those who experience stigma can develop negative feelings about their choices and actions, or even about themselves as a person. As social animals, we humans want to fit in, and when we don't, we can feel like outsiders who are not normal. The resulting stress and damage to self-worth can be very detrimental. People respond to negative social judgment in different ways. Some are able to avoid being warped by social pressures, even if they feel those pressures. They focus on walking their own path. Others take a course of active defiance, putting them in open conflict with those in mainstream society. Still others try to walk a middle road, in which they hide their divergence from social norms. People who take that approach find themselves closeted. They are not able to publicly be true to who they are inside. Needless to say, such inability to be in personal integrity has damaging effects that include feelings of shame and duplicity, as well as resentment over constraints that they see as imposed by others. Our sexual choices can bring us much meaning and satisfaction, or much pain and confusion. To make healthy choices for ourselves, we need to strive to get in touch with our true sexual desires and beliefs, rather than blindly following socially imposed directions that may not fit us.
becoming aware of who we are sexually is one component of the all-important self-knowledge that we need to cultivate. Once we determine what we want for ourselves, we can decide what we want to realize in our lives and what we can do without. This involves a cost-versus-benefits assessment of our choices, informed by what we understand about the sexual norms and mores of the culture in which we're immersed. This is likely to result in some difficult and painful choices, such as whether we want to come out about our preferences and who we feel comfortable doing that with. Through these choices, we can stay as aligned as possible with the sexual practices that have meaning for us. In our next episode, we'll take the preceding general considerations in a much more concrete direction by interviewing a practitioner of some sexual practices that are not mainstream. That will give us a great deal of information that we can then apply to our own individual sexual choices. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.